Viewer warning. The following program contains material that may be too intense for some viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. For this week's TV episode, it is Tales from the Crypt Split Second, starring Michelle Johnson, Brian James, and Billy Worth. If you want to watch along, you can find the episode pretty much anywhere, in particular on YouTube, where most of the series is, if not the entire thing. I'm using the DVD version as per usual. I want to get some of the plugs out of the way before we get started. Please don't forget to check out my books on Amazon.com or the Amazon app. Just type in Brandon Ford in the search bar. You'll find my titles in Kindle and paperback editions as well as my author page. You can also find my books in audiobook format by going to audible.com or the Audible app, typing in Brandon Ford. If you don't already, please follow me on Instagram at writerbrandonford, on Twitter at Brandon Ford. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, recommendations, feel free to email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com. Lastly, just take two seconds to give the podcast a rating a star rating if you're feeling ambitious i'll take a review but i would really appreciate some ratings it only takes a couple seconds especially if you're using apple podcasts to listen so yeah it's one two three just select a star rating even if it's not five stars although i I, five would be preferred you know. All right, so we're going to get started with a three count, so I hope you're ready to go. Three, two, one, play. So this is a split second from, what is this, season three? This is an episode that I definitely watched when it first aired. I was, a, I think I was just shy of ten and I remember it, I remember watching it very vividly because it came on in the summertime and I recorded it so it was one I watched a lot and as I've said before to I always had a penchant for writing and while I was very young I knew that writing was something that I wanted to do. I wasn't certain if I wanted to do it professionally or not, but it was something that I enjoyed. However, I my I wasn't fully cooked yet, so it wasn't exactly easy for me to come up with ideas, unique or otherwise, and so to help hone what became my craft, I would do novelizations of my favorite movies and some of my favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And this was an episode that I'd seen so many times that I knew verbatim all the dialogue. And I I remember uh, having a spiral-bound notebook and just writing the entire episode. 
I'm being very proud of myself when I got through the whole thing. Interestingly enough, we have Michelle Johnson as the lead here playing Liz. And I just recently recorded the Strung Along episode with Zach Galligan, who she starred with in Waxwork. We also have Brian James, who has made a career in throughout the 80s. And I guess the early 90s. I don't know what the hell he's doing now if he's still acting. But he is always has always played the villain. I think he has that crazy that the, that crazy eye thing. I never noticed, or maybe this is just the transfer. But it sounds kind of like she's in a tunnel. Her voiceover. So here's Michelle. Um, I haven't seen her in too much, aside from this and waxwork and. Dr. Giggles. This guy's really creepy looking. And I rem I wonder if that pretty nasty scar on his face is real or something that they just did for the character. Here's Brian James. Fuck off, Jensen. Drop the knife. Drop it. This is how you want to die, shit heel. I wasn't exactly looking for a knight in shining armor, but I did like Well, now she doesn't sound, her voiceover doesn't sound like it's in a tunnel. That was weird. This, uh, I, I don't think is real. I mean, you know, I like the episode and everything, and it still remains one of my favorites, but it's not realistic in that she just says, after a couple of drinks and a slow dance, he wanted me to be his wife. And she says yes, and she wakes up the next morning in his cabin, and I, it doesn't say exactly what, if they went and made it legal if they went to a courthouse or anything like that it, this definitely doesn't take place in las vegas um but yeah um dixon i forget his first name um owns a logging camp and he's got money steve there you go that's easy enough lumber camp 
He made love like a mountain man. What a line. I think the bed is fucking ridiculous because it's he clearly made it himself, but he didn't bother to like, you know, um, sand down the wood. It's just like tree bark, uh, or um, tree trunks, bits of tree trunks just nailed together with the bark still on it. Here's the African this African American actor playing Snaz. Dan Martin, he's been in a ton of stuff, but I will always remember him or associate him. Well, I associate him with this episode more than anything, and but I also associate him with Sleepwalkers. He played the cop who ends up becoming Cop Kebab. Um, but yeah, I did see this, obviously, before I saw Sleepwalkers, and I remember being... Um, I just remember being, oh, look, it's Snaz from Tales from the Crypt. I don't know this, I can't remember this actor's name, the one who plays Artie, but I have to say he's beyond adorable. I like when she says, why? She knew exactly what the fuck she was doing. I think she falls, Liz, the Liz character, definitely falls under... I don't know. I mean, she's not really... Um... She's not really a villainess, per se, at the gate. But it's clear that she has... She's very selfish. It's clear clear that she uses people. That she'll do anything to get what she wants. That she enjoys trouble. She enjoys drama. She enjoys attention. Um, whether it's positive or negative. And... One of the main reasons why she ended up marrying Steve was because he fought that guy um, who made some inappropriate remarks to her. The guy with the nasty scar. I remember this, that, that moment. Wait, hold on. Wait, this. I remember when this episode was scheduled to air, the promo for it on on HBO. I remember that part with Brian James and his big crazy eye saying, Nobody kids about my wife. What is it about you, man? When I want 
I still don't know what the time frame is. If this is also like the next day or what. I don't know what the hell that voice was supposed to be. He sounds very uh, all shucks. <laughs> I don't want them staring at you. This sex scene is so ridiculously comical. The noises he's making and the way the bed is rocking is absurd. Mm. For a while. So it's not within a few days. At least we know that much. Here about to have the introduction of Billy Worth. Um, who early in his career played Zoo Newtson in the teen cult classic seven minutes in heaven and my god was he bad in that movie he was such a piss poor actor and here he's not he's not so bad it, it seems like maybe he got some training but I mean, he was ridiculously wooden in Seven Minutes in Heaven. And I remember when I first saw this episode, again, I was only nine years old. I think I was just shy of ten, like a month or so. I don't remember exactly when this aired, but I'm pretty sure it was in the summer of uh, 91. But I remembered thinking because I wasn't really all that familiar with Keanu Reeves per se but I remember thinking in this particular episode or in this particular performance Billy Worth looked a lot like um, Keanu Reeves in uh, the Bill and Ted movies because I think this was right around the time Bogus Journey came out right before and funnily enough the, his character's name in this episode is Ted. So. So he's trying to get a job at a logging camp cutting down trees. However, he has a weird thing about chainsaws. He doesn't like them. He doesn't use them. He prefers to use an axe and while he's doing pretty well here I think that the same tree with the aid of a chainsaw could have been cut down in a fraction of the time and plus all that exertion you know, he wouldn't be good for cutting down more than a couple of trees a day. His uh, 
productivity would be less than acceptable, I would say. can't believe Artie's still there after what uh, Mr. Dixon did to him. Oh. I love how Snaz is the only one who isn't afraid to stand up to him. I mean, Snaz knows that he's fucking crazy, but he's not... If, if Dixon gives him shit, he kind of gives it right back. They talk about this uh, wood chopping tournament a fair bit, yet they never get to it. Yeah, and you were stupid enough to believe it. Mrs. Dixon? You in here? Mrs. Dixon? I'm in here, Ted. Mrs. Dixon? It did when she called out to him initially it didn't sound at all like she was in the shower. Here's the porno music. So then why don't you turn around and leave? This is what Skinamax movies are made of. Or were. Do they even still make Skinamax movies? See, this indecision on Ted's part does get to be a little tedious after a while because... I don't know what to do. I mean, I you can tell that he's... You guys won't how hot she is. He's, um... He's a little apprehensive, to say the least, because he, kn he knows about uh, Mr. Dixon's unpredictable temper and he knows the guy's fucking dangerous he doesn't know exactly how dangerous just yet but he will in a second and what I don't understand is why he doesn't just leave 
Because and he does say, "I'm gonna, I gotta get out of here before somebody gets hurt," but he doesn't leave. Well, then again, I think she. No, that's 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 right. She, he goes and he tries to leave, and then she comes in and she stops him. Mm. While he is over the top, Brian James, he is good. See, I like that about the Snaz character. He's not he's not afraid to tell Mr. Jackson as crazy as this guy is what's what. I think he's probably my favorite character in this episode. Snaz, that is. Going somewhere? Mm. Yeah, so he, uh, here he is. He's, he's trying to leave, and then the sh- shit hits the fan. I hate when she says, when my husband found that glove, she's talking about it like it's not anywhere near, but she's holding it right next to her face. So she, it's this line should have been when my husband found this glove. Oh my God, she's really aggressive. Oh. Now, I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen. You just have to wait for it. Isn't that guitar music? Oh my god. came here and said just me one thing that always made Liz such a loathsome character to me is when Mr. Dixon is kicking the shit out of this kid right before he um, enforces the final blow which ends up blinding Ted 
you hear Liz in the background go, Get him! Ooh. Here it comes. There it is. So I don't I don't remember exactly what he was he was hitting him with, but whatever it was caused brain damage severe enough to to blind this poor kid. See, not only like Kalsanaz is sympathetic towards him too. And I think that I think he helped orchestrate what ultimately becomes the revenge against Mr. Dixon. Mm. Once you and then work with Ted Garvin, Lee. Why were they so determined to have him in this silly town? Didn't they all have anything better to do? I guess the final sequence is the tournament. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. What always annoyed me about this is this this little, you know, um, pep chant that uh, Snaz is doing. Wait. Here it comes. When they knock on the door, they knock to the beat of that chant. Wait, and the knife that they put to Mr. Dixon's throat is so clearly fake. As someone who is visually impaired, I don't think it's a good idea to be in within a 50 mile radius of a chainsaw. Not only is it dangerous to you, but it's dangerous to everyone around you. I like how how the tree starts bleeding and you're like what the fuck and then you find out that Mr. Dixon is inside and it's been hollowed out it's a pretty cool visual the way they did this and then it all comes I'm not going to tell you how long it took me <laughs> but it took me a while to get the I guess you would call it a double entendre 
or double entendre. Yes, that's right, I'm pretentious, I speak French. Um, with the title and this ending, um, because Mr. Dixon ends up being uh, dismembered within the tree, and then Liz is in the one next to him, so she's going to be split second. So, there you go. I don't get what the fuck that's supposed to mean. The cure for a terminal for a terminal case of boredom is that what? Murder or is it death? I think it's supposed to be death. But if it's death, how is she the narrator? And he's got a chainsaw with no chain on it. Okay, thanks for staying with me to the bitter end. That was Tales from the Crypt, split second. I hope you'll come back and join me for some more commentaries, more Tales from the Crypt, more movies, more fun. So until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.